have a little less than an hour for this one. Um, I don't understand the way that things are um, sometimes. I'm like especially prone to um, people messing with my head lately. Um, and that's weird because I don't put out that energy so that's not really like a necessarily an energy that I expect to get put back but I just realized that they like pretended to do bed checks earlier and that it's just now an hour before bed checks so I don't know I gotta watch my back around here there's a lot of fucking strange um there's a lot of like really dark spirits and like a lot of jealousy a lot of envy a lot of hatred um but you find a lot of that in the in the community that I've been kind of just now introduced to um that I very very rarely experienced growing up so at least I'm having my eyes open to like what goes on in like a color-coded community and understanding like the colorism within the black community like the in like the inter the integrated racism within the black community um it's almost as if black people hate each other and they hate themselves because of the effects of what has gone on politically and socially in this country for the last couple hundred years but that's you know that's beyond my control i'm just like um i'm just experiencing this per perception um yeah i just realized that i was just like wow it's it's been it's been past bed checks and it's been a minute since i seen miss keisha but she should be here any minute i'm sure of it um <laughs> it's it's been a good break i'm not getting yelled at by a fucking angry alcoholic every five minutes um she's like i explained like she's actually really nice when she's like drinking actually almost to the point where it's like i don't necessarily always want to be on the on that level like i don't i don't want to party right now but it at least like pushes me to it's cool to have like at least like a like one happy drunk person like <laughs> at my sets um, when I'm, like, recording or whatever, I usually can't do, I can't do, like, this part of the, uh, broadcasts or podcasts or any of the, like, rap mixtapes, like, I was doing a few rap mixtapes around, but, like, she just gets too, um, she gets too ratty and interrupts me a lot and just, it's almost like a, an interruption of my workflow, um, so it's been a nice break, but I've actually gotten used to her, I've gotten used to her, like, bipolarity to the point where it's almost, it mimics my mother's, but it's not as, like, cruel. Um, like, when she's mean, she doesn't, like, you know... I think I think that my mom toughened me up in a way that, like, because of... Because between her and my ex and my ex-best friend, I think that they hurt me in so... Like, in such a deep way that, like, now nobody else can really do worse than that. Like, like try to be meaner than any of those three. And um, it's kind of given me at least a tougher skin. I can't say the toughest because I still do take some things to heart. I still do get hurt. Um, I still do feel things rather rather deeply, some things. Um, but, you know, I've gotten used to Keisha in a way that's like, okay, all right, like, I can handle this. Like, I can, I can, I can pretty, she's, she's pretty predictable. Um, so, so that I know that if she's, you know, like, I'm going to be up if she's drinking and I'm going to be able to get my, like sometimes I can I can get my rest when she's not, um, yeah. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough personal stuff because there's 
there's um, definitely a lot going on in like my personal world and my realm than um, <laughs> than I am sharing I guess with the world or even in my even in my writing I'm not really writing too much a lot right now um, I kind of have like a minimal writer's block it's not like a bad one but it's just like um, like just being in the system has been like really regressive to the point where it's like I've talked about that it is almost like psychological terrorism in a way that's like well what are you going to do about it I'm like I can't do anything about it um, you guys are yanking me around by my social security number. Um, but hey, at least um at least I'm I'm free from some other things in a in a distant way that I guess have been tying me down and holding me back. Um from creating in the long run. You know, there are still things that are out of my control that I'm for the most part have to let go of. Or things that are being like that I'm being driven to be to feel emotional in some way or another about that I'm just like I can't give any fucks about that like what do you want me to do about it I'm not gonna get mad and like fuck up my whole life over some shit that I literally can't like control I literally can't fight I'm not gonna get mad and fuck up my whole life over fucking this shit like I'm not gonna fight you know you like you can't fight someone with more money than you I remember one time my friend got hit on her scooter by like a fucking what did she say by like a ralph's truck and and i was like oh my god like are you gonna fucking sue and she was like what i'm gonna sue ralph's and i was like oh you're right you know and she <laughs> like and i was like yeah you know you can't beat that you know and she 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 was like a rich white girl a really pretty rich white girl and she was like, what, I'm going to sue Ralph's? Like, no lawyer in the world. I'm like, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm. you just can't. Um, some things you just can't control. So I just have to kind of like swallow what little pride I have left. I, don't, I wouldn't say that I'm a very prideful person. I'd say that um, I'm unique in a lot of ways. But I don't like the way that pride looks on a lot of people. It can be ugly. You know, I don't like the way uh, cockiness looks. Um, I don't, you know like pride over certain things to to a certain extent is not only ugly it's it it shows like a certain amount of of unintelligence and ignorance and in a way that if you have too much pride over something that it doesn't really necessarily make sense um to have pride there then you you're just kind of showing it is ugly i guess that's the best word for it you're just kind of showing yourself to be of of less um intelligence in that way to have pride over something that you really shouldn't be proud of um so that's that's enough um let's see this is um i think more season eight reiteration i had more notes and i had more to follow up on that other episode um which something prompted me to listen to and so i did i'm gonna turn this heater off because it's broken because <laughs> everything is broken but Again, like, you can't control some things. Um, I guess we'll talk a little bit about how, um, unfortunately, the mental health system and the homeless system does just kind of, like, bleed a lot of the times one into another. Um, And so sometimes you're dealing with, like, just a whole bunch of broken, fucked up shit. And then you realize that some people are in a mental state that is, like, consistently destructive. Um, But we we all get grouped into, like, the same you know we get, we all get sorted pretty much into the same like bucket like it doesn't really matter 
um, what the reason is you're you're put into the system because you're put into the system and then um, that a lot of the time connotates like disrespect on other people's parts um, having like a, a having like a sense of superiority over somebody that might have been beaten or somebody that might have been broken or lost everything for some reason or another which is you know um, I just pray about it I spend a lot of time in prayer and as much time as I can in meditation um, but it hasn't really necessarily been a, a peaceful world and I wish that I was still in the way that I was at one point I could pretty much meditate anywhere in any kind of chaos or any kind of like um, <laughs> you know upheaval of 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 energy but uh, I think with the process of my growth lately it's been more of I'm I'm definitely in in more of a survival mode than ever I have been before definitely like watching behind my back and and making sure making sure that you know um because in some in some realms unfortunately in some worlds like you're always you know it is like the wild it is like the like more than the wild west it is is more like a jungle in the sense it's just like you never know you gotta watch your back like sometimes shit does just pop off and and you gotta you gotta be ready for it so meditating you know (laughs) meditating might not be the fucking thing to do um you know closing your eyes and deep breathing in this space is probably is not recommended um so i'm not meditating as much um even in my periods of like um having alone time or being by myself i'm more just in reflective in like a relaxed state um which i have been and i am still kind of in the moment but i'm realizing that (laughs) i I have not seen this woman in like three days um and that it's not yet 11 and that she's she's been a stickler at least in the past um for for being there at bed check but then I think she may have also been inspired by my last roommate like I told her like yo my last roommate left for like a week and then she came back um and because of some um you know because of some indiscrepancies in the system whereas like I've worked graveyard before some people just don't (laughs) like take that shift seriously Um, you know, sometimes there's a lot less to do during graveyard or sometimes people are just tired because you, you very rarely see the sun or you're working a lot of overtime. So I get it. Um, but you know, there, there were like some indiscrepancies with people not having done what they were supposed to do in the time, um, that she was gone. She left for a week and came back like nothing, which I personally, you know, think like you shouldn't necessarily be able to do unless it's like for an emergency, um because if you can leave for an entire week and then return like you're not homeless like you just stayed somewhere else for an entire week um and i don't know i i guess i see things kind of in a business sense and that like you're you're losing money in you're losing money on people that can abuse the system that way you're you know the like oh you can just leave and come back like this is your personal storage unit or this is you know you can treat it as if you you have ownership of this place when there there are so many discrepancies i guess um indiscrepancies i don't know if i use that word right just cuz i'm thinking i'm thinking too much um i'm thinking too much about politics which is never a good thing but it's just kind of been like i said i've been in a a mode of 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 growth and life and also regression that i've it's just kind of been forced which is why i've always said 
I've always said, like, over the past, you know, few years, like, I don't like being in this country when it's even close to an election because it's going to be, you know, one thing or another is going to be politically pushed, you know, to try to get to to try to get to sway an opinion one way or another. Um, but I, I can't really have an opinion. Um, one, because my opinion is, mo- for the most part, going to be disregarded. Um, because I don't have that kind of status or I don't have that kind of, like, uh, clout or, um, there's a word that I've been searching for for, like, (laughs) the last number of weeks and it's been on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. Um, but I, either way, I, I have no say, really. Um, and of course the quick fix would be like, we'll get out there and vote, but there's no... There's no reason for me to do that when, um, like I explained in in a previous episode, in one way or another, that like the people who are actually in charge of the way that things in the system are allocated are so like actually personally disconnected from the system that they can't understand the the negative effects that it's having. They can only really see it as like from a business perspective in the way that like, oh, well, it's putting money in my pocket as a person who owns multiple businesses or multiple corporations. Um, so I, I can kind of see it on both sides, like, oh, well, I, I could see how this is, like, this suits you as, like, you know, as a person who has everything that they need and doesn't necessarily work for it, um, but, you know, also living in the experience of a person that has had to work, um, and does work, um, very, very hard, and, and seeing people who work very, very hard, um, just kind of completely being disregarded or looked over or having to work harder, um, you know, to supplement for people who, who don't work or who know how to take advantage of a system or, or know who, uh, you know, know how to manipulate the system to, to suit their advantage without, you know, having to work or having to apply themselves or, or taking advantage of the system, um, which is, is severely broken and, and under, um, I don't know if I have a word for it. It's just like under under supplemented, I guess. Um under supplemented in a lot of ways. Um like I said, the staffs in these in these homeless environments don't necessarily have mental health training. So a lot of the time it ends up to the detriment of somebody that is dealing with a mental health crisis, whether it be something um, something like depression, you know, very mild or minor, or something as, as, um, emergent as like a, you know, uh, um, an entire mental health breakdown or something, or someone that's becoming, um, very, um, violent, you know, somebody that is, is actually having like problems, the staff should be able to, to deal with that, um, on so many levels and they don't. Um, the staff is very undereducated in a lot of ways and very under, um, they, like they don't understand the, the, the system or the people that they're dealing with to the point where everybody, everybody loses, um, in a variety of ways. But yeah, I realized that they, they, I don't know why they would do something like that. Like they faked bed check earlier and it made sense to me because I'm usually returning around that time from my outings, but because it's a different day of the week, 
I just looked at the time. I'm not a very, I'm like not a phone oriented person. I like to stay away from my technology as much as possible. Um, But that was weird. They like faked doing bed checks earlier and I just kind of took it for what it was. And now I'm even more on like, now I'm even more on edge and more on high alert that like they would do something like that for what, like for what reason? Um, Other than to other than to mess with you and that's weird um but people do that around here like i said like being in this community that's kind of like very like so broken and on so many levels has shown me a lot of things about the way that like people have almost you know very very little respect for each other very very little um humanity left in them um which is kind of made me a little bit like it it's made my skin a little bit thicker and it's made my heart a little bit colder especially after everything that I've gone through um like regression wise um depression wise uh, psychologically speaking um going through the things that I've had to go through in my personal life like it's not to me it doesn't make sense that there would be a reason to do it other than to have this this open conversation and to reflect on the kinds of things that happen um besides that like that in you know i i think i've come to this point at least like once a season for the last three or four seasons where it's like you know the more that i do this the more i'm manipulated into talking about things that i don't necessarily want to talk talk about like I'd rather just keep it fun and keep it light but it seems like because because Skrillex is clickbait and people are going to pay attention to something without the intention of actually having to like be woken up to it via this like entertainment podcast this music podcast um like it oh now you have to talk about this like now you have to do that and I mean like for the most part I do have the I do have the self-restraint or the ability to keep it to myself and have, you know, um, to a certain extent where it's just like, I don't have to say anything. I can mostly just like, you know, fuck off and and do whatever the fuck I want, but it gets pushed, um, and manipulated to a certain extent where it's like, well, I, you know, um, might as well talk about this because it's happening or I can just like sit with it with myself and be in, in, you know, um and feel bad about it and i don't like making i don't like being made to feel bad um like don't sit there and make me feel bad about the person that i've had to be because i am the person that i've had to be for the last 30 years so i mean like i've never done anything that i didn't absolutely have to um i've never gone out of my way to hurt somebody or to do something in in um what's it to be vindictive i've never gone out of my way to like do anything negative to somebody because they didn't you know like me um like that's not the kind of person that i am but i have been provoked you know um i have been i i have um kind of felt like a caged animal to a certain extent where it's like okay well i feel like you're trying to make me fight you i feel like you're trying to make me say something um you know out of sorts I feel like you're trying to make me crazy um enough to where it's like well the most positive thing that I can do is just talk about it in in the way that I'm initiating this conversation or I'm putting it out into the universe that 
I'm doing the most, I'm having the most positive reaction possible to something that's negative and to something that's destructive, um, to something that is, um, you know, that I feel like is harming me. This is kind of like my, my, um, uh, I can't really say that it's protective. Like I still have people like coughing everywhere I go. Um, you know, every room I walk into at this point, that's kind of making me feel like important to a certain extent. (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh, like I must be really threatening to some like force or some entity if like, no matter where I go or what I do, like people start coughing. Like that's kind of powerful in my, in itself. Um, and, and you know, no matter how annoying it is, like it's still pretty powerful that, you know, like I've even had had other people be like, "What the fuck?" Like, that is weird. <laughs> like nobody was coughing before you got here. I'm like, I know. Um, so you know, whatever. Um, I do I do believe in like karma for that kind of thing because that's, um, I don't know. It's one of those weird things that's like unexplainable. Um, besides, you know, it's unexplainable, um, besides to the point that there would be a technology that could be used as a weapon of like psychological, um, destruction that could be used as a, as a weapon of psychological warfare, you know, and that's not unheard of these days. It's not really a conspiracy. It's not really a tinfoil hat type thing to understand that there are technologies that, you know, um, that can do things like that and that there is um, always there's always a war being fought and there's always new tactics and strategies being developed and that one of the most um, one of the most destructive weapons is is psychological you know one of the most destructive you know um, you you can't hurt anybody more physically than by dismantling their you know someone's mind and even more powerful is the is the ability to make someone's mind dismantle itself um so that if you can like re you know if you can um you know disable or disarm a person just by making something happen that can only like it can't lead back to you it can't point back to you it can only show that like oh well this person went crazy this person lost their mind you know, that is, that is, um, a terribly effective, um, terribly, terribly, um, effective, um, weapon of destruction. And so I, I wouldn't put it past any fucking, any, any powerful entity, but at the same time, I'm not that important. I'm not important enough to say like, oh, like someone would want, you know, someone's after me or someone's out to get me. I see it as more of like a spiritual, um, you know, the this, the more spiritually strong I become or the more even physically powerful, um, the more physical power I gain just by like doing the things that I've done to become the person that I am is is, I guess, threatening to a certain extent if you're looking at it from a masculine perspective if you're looking at it in terms of like an ongoing war then I understand like how I can be how I can be thought to be like a threat to some kind of thing but at the same time I'm just one person um and I've pretty much been dismantled in any way possible that you can think of by being put through the homeless system I've been made to fight like physical fights I have had like psychological like games played 
Um, you know, I have had people um, coming out of random places and, and doing and saying random things that are not necessarily like kosher. Um, but they, you know, what is it? All, all is fair in love and war or all is fair in, in war and whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm well read enough at this point to realize that there's always even you can be the most positive, like impactful person, but there's always going to be an antagonist to try and like, if you know, to try and, and be like, no, you are the enemy. So I'm somebody's enemy. And, um, I guess that's a good thing, according to Robert Greene, is that you should always have an enemy. I am the kind of person that doesn't necessarily want, you know, that. I don't want to necessarily be in a in a constant state of, like, fighting because it's tiring. I realize, like, how much energy I lose, like, having to strategize just to protect myself. But being the kind of, like, person that I am, I'm not, you know... Um, I'm not a fighter. Like, you definitely have to throw the first punch. You definitely have to shoot the first shot. Um, like, I have to be shot at to shoot back. Like, I don't, I'm not just necessarily going to feel the tension of aggression and be like, okay, it's on. Like, it has to be a certain, <laughs> there has to be a certain line crossed um, with me as a person that, to, that instigates, like, my my protective um, feature, you know, the, the fight or flight. And if I can't fly it, um, and, and like I said, I've been feeling like a caged animal in so many ways. If I can't flight, like if I can't just like duck it out completely, which is my, is typically my first like line of defense is just to avoid this at all costs. I'm not going to get in it. I don't want it. I don't, you know, if I can just like disappear from the, the hostility, I will. But, um, yeah, if anything, the last few months definitely have shown that, like, oh, well, there's nowhere to run. I guess your only option is to fight. And I'm like, I, I fucking guess. Um, and and um, understanding that there's always this line of aggression that has to be crossed. Um, that I don't, that I'm not a violent person, that I'm not a fighter, that I'm not necessarily, um, you know... Um, that I'm not hostile in that kind of way, that I have to be pushed and poked and prodded um, before there's, you know, before there's that thing in me that that is now going to fight, but only out of protection, um, only out of not necessarily fear, but like if somebody's sitting there and hitting you with a fucking bat, eventually you're going to get up, you're going to take the bat and you're going to hit them back or you're at least going to take the bat. And then leave the situation <laughs> because obviously the that person that's hitting you with a bat is fucking batshit crazy, haha. <laughs> and um, and you're gonna like get yourself out of that fucking that situation uh, in some way or another. I don't know. I'm definitely seeing things about myself that I wouldn't have necessarily had to see without being here or without being in that situation. Without be- like I realize that now. I'm like holy shit, like. I have to be cussed out more than once to actually, like, cuss somebody out back. But it has to cross that line of, like, wait, you've done this to me, like, five times now. Like, I'm getting sick of just, like, sitting here and taking it. Because there is that turn of, like, oh, well, you know, like, I, I'm being, I'm being, I'm taking the higher road. And then just being, like, 
oh, well, now I'm a doormat because you think that you can fucking sit here and cuss me out or you can sit here and call me out of my name. You can sit here and call me all these names and I'm just going to sit here and take it and be quiet every time. No, eventually I'm going to get angry. (laughs) And that anger that has built up over the three or four or five times that you've done it is going to come back at you. It's eventually just going to come back at you um, for, for doing that. And so that, I don't know, I think I'm kind of proud of that as a person that I'm not necessarily going to be reactive in the way that like, okay, I I guess it's kind of more of like the fool me once, shame on me, you know, fool me twice or however the saying goes, but fool me three times, <laughs> you know, um, but also I guess getting a little bit quicker in the way that it's like, uh, I see where I I can kind of sense in the energy that it's like, oh, I am being manipulated. Oh, I am being talked down to on purpose. I am, you know, like somebody is trying to assert dominance over me in a a situation where it's like you have no control here. You have no dominance. Like, what are you trying to do? Um, Kind of show, kind of, kind of show, oh, like, like, like you ain't shit. Like I'm putting you in your place. Like you're, you're just this and I'm you know, above you in some kind of ways, which is why I'm really excited to not have to deal with people on, on, on just a completely different level than I am and on a different level of intellect. And it almost has like nothing to do with intelligence, but more of like an evolved sense of thinking about things. As much as like I've gotten used to Keisha's ups and downs, we still disagree on like some some things like on some major roads that don't like that are not equivalent, you know, to to my tastes. You know, it is not wrong to be gay. <laughs> like you, you can't be wrong for being, you know, genetically made to be a certain way. You know, they're like that's not the devil just because two pe- two people of the same gender want to be the same person like we still disagree you know on very very um I guess radical enough terms that it's like we can have these entertaining conversations and we can kind of shoot the shoot the shit as spirits you know um she's got like an incredibly like a much younger soul than mine almost in the same way that does remind me of my mom that you know that I'm like this is common sense to me um, but for you, it's like math, you know, and so I'll break it down. I'll break it down for you so that it's easier. And then it's like, wow, like I never thought of it that way. And I'm like, well, I guess, you know, it just kind of shows the difference between us as as individuals, because as much as a, I do believe in like a oneness of I'm you and you're me, like I'm just always on your fucking I'm always on your third tab of acid. This is where I've I, I've always been here. <laughs> you know like this is this is where you meet me at when you're you know um in a multi-dimensional sense you meet me in places where I don't have to go you know like you can be a, a half a bottle of liquor deep and I'm I'm right there with you in my sobriety because I have I guess the ability to 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 change my vibration to to meet and mirror yours um, unless I really don't like what's being vibrated at me in which way in you know in which sense I'm just gonna um, completely deflect or completely like, like I said remove myself disappear um, I've noticed the ability to disappear from any given situation um, in all but a physical sense um, learning how to leave my body um, when it's time to just like not like I, <laughs> I abandon ship which is not the healthiest thing to do any mindful person or any, you know, any seer, any spiritual person, 
um, in that realm, you know, of divinity will tell you, like, it's not a good thing to leave your body. It's not a good thing to dissociate, dissociate all the time. Um, but in the sense of I've been living in this kind of realm where it's, it, like, I have to, like, I can't be in a, I can't be on a train car full of coughing people for an hour and not lose my mind. Like, I have to leave my body. Like, there's no fucking, you know, um, there's no way to fucking cope with something like that. Um, and it's, it's very much not in my mind. It's very much a physical thing, um, which is why I pretty much, I, I pretty much was like, well, it's either technology or it's like a spiritual, like, you know, and if you, if you go at the spiritual end of it, like, oh, it's a demon that's following me. That sounds crazy. It is crazy. So it's crazy to think that. But if you, you know, talk to anybody that's well-versed in esoterics, if you talk to anybody that knows about dark magic and dark realms and spirits and voodoo, that shit really is real. So it's not crazy. And it's very, very hard to reverse. It's very, very hard to get rid of it. And it's a process because, and I think I've talked about it before, if you like summon a demon to do something like that, like basically to attach itself to, to somebody's energy and follow them around until they lose their mind, that is dangerous, not only to the person, but to you because that that energy comes back to you um in in more of a force than it was put out and so i don't really worry about it in like the spiritual sense of like well whatever's making that happen that energy is only going to be returned to that you know to that person like tenfold that's that's the rules you know um but in a sense that it's like some kind of technology technological thing and you know in the sense that it's like well there are you know such a world as targeted individuals and and things like this um you know psychological experiments um mk ultra type shit but like now um in the sense that it's it could just nest it could just be experimental and like well, how easy is it to use a remote con- a phone as a remote control? You know, I've pretty much boiled it down to those two things, and it could be either of those two things, but it's not a coincidence um, that ever since I, I left a very violent and abusive relationship, this has been happening to me. Um, it's not a coincidence. I don't even believe in coincidences at all. Um, but it's, but I, I have noticed, like, you know, certain things about the individuals that are doing this very distinct open mouth, usually don't cover their mouth type cough. It's very, like, it does seem to come from another world. It does seem to come to a darker realm, um, you know, and it puts me in a really bad place mentally. So, I mean, like, in a magical, spiritual sense, like, it it does its job because if I have to be around a whole bunch of people that are, like, coughing, I'm not, like, mentally in a good place anymore. And so that is it's doing its job in a way of like unraveling my mind psychologically my mind is unraveling itself because there's no there's nothing you can say to say like oh well it's just coughing like everybody coughs but like not this much (laughs) like this is ridiculous and this is obnoxious to the point where i understand that something has happened um you know um something has happened to to the point where i can take care of myself um, or I can just not take care of myself and it doesn't really matter. It, it happens no matter what I'm doing, um, or no matter where I go. But I do realize that the individuals that are, that are, that do this or that, um, are susceptible to this kind of like thing is they're usually like dirty people. They're usually like off in some kind of way, sick, um you know a lot of like a lot of the time it'll be like like really really homeless people like people that don't have shoes on in the middle of the city 
um, like extremely obese or overweight people. So it seems like people that have weaker bodies are more susceptible to this like thing, Um, you know, which of course is going to be like, of course, that person is coughing. But I mean, like, it shouldn't be this um, like prevalent, like it shouldn't happen no matter what, um, you know no matter where I go, um, people that I have to talk to, people that I have to deal with, um, my last two roommates, like, it's not been, it's not been a fun time in that way, where I just have to, like, I have to leave my body, I have to dissociate, and I have to dip, like, I can't be fucking present for this, because if I am, I'm, I'm gonna lose it, you know, um, and I think I have a pretty good head on my shoulders, you know, I'm a pretty good person, I'm very kind, um, I'm very mindful. I'm, I'm very, um, you know, like there are things that I like about myself to the point where I love myself, but I think that's maybe the point of this exercise or the point of this demon, if you want to look at it that way, or the point of the, yeah, the point of this whole thing is that I love myself as a person. <laughs> um, maybe not on the outside cause I'm not going to attract, you know, the kind of men that I'm attracted to necessarily. And I think that it's, you know, given, given the proper circumstances, I could because I'm a good person on the inside, you know, and I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a good woman in, in the sense of like the traditional sense of what somebody would look for, you know, in a, in a partner, what somebody would look for in a mother. I am those things and I've recognized that. Um, so I think that a lot of this, like a lot of these games that are being played are just kind of like exercises and how like how strong my my mentality is about myself um you know because for the most part like yeah I can watch a couple music videos and feel like a whole sack of shit but the reality is most of those girls are not gonna look that way after having three kids after losing two after being beaten by their husband they're not gonna look like the girl in the music video you know so as much as to my you know um as as much as to my um I don't want to use detriment because I've been overusing that as as much as to uh I I don't I don't know I'll just restart that sentence as much as it hurts to not be you know the the pretty skinny girl like my body has scars you know like the emotional and physical trauma that I've had shows on my body it shows on everybody's eventually so you know whether it's in the form of liver spots when you're 60 or you know wrinkles (laughs) from smoking thank god I quit smoking um I think to to follow up on uh, an idea I started and didn't finish, if you're thinking about quitting smoking, the only way to do it is cold turkey. And I mean, like the closest thing that you can try to do and keep and, you know, continue to do it successfully is to switch it um, to switch smoking for something positive, something that makes you feel good. So every time that you think about smoking, you do something that makes you feel good instead, but it should be something that has like a a positive. But not everybody wants to quit smoking. Some people are like, I'm going to smoke until I die, you know, whether I die from smoking or not. And fun fact, as much as smoking does kill, like not everybody dies from smoking. (laughs) Like sometimes people smoke their whole lives and like nothing happens to them like, from smoking, like, to die of natural causes, (laughs) so, you know, you could get lucky, um, but I realized that I started that idea and didn't finish it, but 
the best way to quit is cold turkey. Most cessation, like medications, have like weird side effects. People talk about weight gain or like um, extreme mood swings, really, really bad dreams. So I don't know. I can't necessarily um, I can't necessarily recommend medication. And, and um, you know, as, as far as recommending medication for pretty much anything other than, you know, recovering from surgery, I don't, which, you know. Uh, I guess if you believe in targeted individuals could make me a targeted individual because I I mean like unless it's very severe or you have some other things going on the cure for depression is exercise and and like an organic diet I'm not saying everybody should be vegan but like exercise and an organic diet can more than likely cure your depression um, if you have everything that you need Um, and it can at least give you the clarity to try and put your life together in a space into a space where you have everything that you need um depression anxiety a lot of anxiety is caused just by like social things um things that you think that you need but you actually don't um so i mean like a lot of the time it's kind of like the same it's like the same thing like if you're being cyber bullied turn off your computer <laughs> like delete your fucking however being cyber bullied and i know that's hard for like kids to hear but as fu- like as full-grown adults like you should be able to like easily just be like well i don't really need facebook um i don't really need instagram um because it is it's toxic to a certain point you know for people that don't have everything that they need which is a majority of people um you know as a majority of people are struggling with the things that they need and also balancing it with the things that they want or you know the things that they should have um let's see what else needs to be said um that's pretty much it oh i was talking about this fight with my best friend but it made a good point about being the weakest link Yeah, they they like faked bed check earlier and that it like pisses me off cuz it's like why would they do that? Um I'm not sure why they would do that, but also Keisha's been missing for like 3 days. She got paid. <laughs> and so I was I wasn't I was expecting her to be gone for a little while, but not like forever. Um but like I said, I I think maybe my my last roommate like inspired her. So I was like, "Yo, my last roommate was gone for like a week and nobody cared." Um at all which according to the actual rules like you're not supposed to leave for more than three days um you know like that if you if you can leave for more than three days then you're more than likely just abusing the homeless system which a lot of people do um there's a lot of people using the system you know taking advantage of the system um (laughs) so i understand that part of it too it's just like this whole fucking um like I wish I was not I I can't even say that I wish I was not from this country because this country is like taking care of me to a certain extent um in all the ways that it can but I also see that you know uh this country's kind of a bleeding heart for like oh we you know um we extend ourselves to other to others you know and then kind of overlook the people that you know um we're born here and that sucks but it's it's okay i do believe in like a balancing of energy just naturally i think that things balance themselves out quite um quite naturally so everything that's wrong will eventually become right you know without without much doing or saying it'll just happen very very naturally um but i was talking <laughs> i was talking about um this fight with my best friend which actually ties together and with this theme very well
um, the last fight that I ever had with my ex-best friend. Um, she was, like, drunk, and it was so crazy because I, I remember this moment like it was yesterday. And she, um, the last time that we touched base, um, denies it, you know, or has, like, no memory of it because, of course, she was, like, heavily, heavily drinking. Um, but she was like, you're the weakest, you are the weakest link. And like, in a way that it was almost funny, like, okay, bitch, like, what the fuck are you saying? But I almost do feel like that was like one of those spiritual things that makes sense um, with me having gone through because in that in that exact moment, in that very moment was actually when I became like homeless. um, Because I was supposed to have moved in with her and her family. And then we got into that fight and that didn't happen. Um, and I had been fasting. I told the whole story on another fucking episode. I don't know where that is. But I had been fasting for like two weeks. Um, and then when we got um, to this family gathering, I'll just reiterate the story. When we got to this family gathering, um, she started, you know, doing old things that I didn't like. When when we were kids and we are in like seventh grade, I would go over to her place and her and her siblings would just like rag on me and make fun of me and I like was there by myself and it was her family and they were just like ha 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 you know um until I would get mad and leave or you know (laughs) like pretty much just get mad and leave and so that's what I did I was I didn't get mad because I was fasting I was just like oh same old same old and it's been like 15 years of this shit and so I went off into the woods and I prayed after fasting for two weeks I was fasting and when I came back, like, like I, t- I told God, I told the trees, I was like, well, I'm going to I'm going to eat now because, you know, I was fasting so that I would have a place to stay. And um, and, you know, she said I could stay with her and her family. And she begged me for like years to come to Utah, which I, I still am not very comfortable there. Um, but I was I finally agreed um, because my living situation in California got to be, um, like mid pandemic, it it just got to be, um, not a thing anymore. My roommate was like, oh, I'm, I'm moving back in with my mom. I need you to leave on this day. So I left. Um, Annie was like, Hey, come stay with me. I was like, okay, <laughs> you, you know, and you know, made the whole, like, I don't even know how I got there. I was fasting for two weeks and I drove to Utah on like a quarter tank of gas from LA. And, um, so it was a miracle that I got there in the first place. Um, but then we, we go to this family gathering and she's making fun of me with her, you know, I was just like, oh, same all. I wasn't even mad. Cause you can't be mad after two weeks of fasting. You're just like, okay, whatever. And, um, I went into the woods And I had this long prayer and this conversation and just talking to, like, the trees. But not really. Like, I was in a a state of, like, in a state of bliss enough to understand that, like, my reality was shifting, just not in the way that I thought that it would be. And so um, when I returned, when I I went back, because I, like, I think I heard her, like, looking for me. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to go now. And I ended my prayer. And I, like, went back. Um, I like went back with her family and, and her brothers and their girlfriends and, you know, whatever. And I ate, oh my God, I ate. And, um, from eating after not eating for two weeks and not really being mindful of, of what I was eating, I guess, um, I got really, really sick. And so instead of being able to drive back after all that time, um, 
I wasn't, I was like, I'm, oh my God, like, I thought I was going to throw up. And, um, yeah, I was really, really sick. And so she's like, it's okay, I'll drive. And we had driven my car up. And so, like I said, I had been out in the woods, like, praying. So I didn't necessarily see how much that she had been drinking. Um, but my best friend was kind of the, she's kind of the alcoholic that you don't know is drunk until, like, blackout things happen and then like (laughs) and then you tell her how crazy she was and she's like oh it's blacked out and like you you just don't know she could be like a bottle deep and you just don't know because she's so like she does hold her liquor until the moment that she doesn't and shit hits the wall and then you're like holy shit what happened and she's like oh it's blacked out so you don't know like she doesn't smell drunk she doesn't sound drunk she doesn't even look drunk (laughs) but and she was like you know She's like, I'll drive. And I was like, okay. And then I should have known because she like popped a squat and like took a, like, took a fat piss in the middle of the fucking freeway. Like right before she got in the car. And I was like, I don't know if she's drunk or if that's just what she's doing right now, but whatever. Okay. And so she gets in the driver's seat and I get in the passenger seat and everything was okay until she started like talking and like it was weird because her words were like swerving with the car and I was like oh shit like uh like my stomach was killing me too and I was like I don't think she's okay so I I straight told her I was like hey I think I'm all right now like I don't think I'm gonna throw up I should drive and she was like you don't know how to drive and she started like drunk cussing me out so I was like fuck she is drunk I was just like well <laughs> like you should let me drive and she started cussing me out I don't even remember what she said but she was like you know what <laughs> like she just just like super drunk mode and I was like oh no and and then like she was cussing me out to the point where I I was just like pull the car over right now because I didn't want her to crash my car or get pulled over for a DUI in my car and then it, it would be like half my fault for letting her drive and I still I still say that we're not friends anymore because friends don't let friends drive drunk and so just like me even letting her drive in the first place like was the end of our friendship but she she like pulled the car over and she called her brothers who was like behind us a few cars and she was like she's kicking me out because she doesn't want me here and I was like the fuck no that's not what I said it just switch me she's like come and get me and so her brothers came and got her and I and she was like (laughs) no she left shit in my car so she got in the car with her brothers and then um like we got to the bottom of the or I got to the bottom of the mountain they like sped ahead of me and like got there before me so when we got to the bottom of the mountain there was like this parking lot and I could see them there so I pulled into the parking lot and um, she came to my car to get whatever she left in my car and she was like standing over me in the I was in the driver's seat and she was like outside the window and she was like you are the weakest link and I was just like what like because it was almost funny like how drunk she was and like how stupid she sounded but like she was telling me like you're the weakest link and I was like okay like and it immediately just made me want to sample the weakest link (laughs) but I was just like okay whatever and then um yeah obviously like our friendship was not like in a great place so I had to go get my stuff um I had to go get my stuff from her house because she had already told me that I could move in with her and then um that happened so I went to get my stuff um my phone was dead so I like miraculously got to her house after years of like visiting her house 
I think I just kind of like knew where it was out of my memory. And um, when I got there, they were already there. And um, she wouldn't open the door. And I was just like, hey, like all my stuff's in there. And she was like drunk at the door. And she was like, you don't have anything in here. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? All my shit's in there. I just moved into your house. And she was like, nothing in here is yours. And I was like, what the fuck? Like open the door. And she was like, <laughs> she she like opened the door so that like I could get in. But then like tried to like shut the door and was like she's hitting me and so her brothers came down the stairs and I was like what the fuck I didn't hit her she's like acting up and I was and then she was like trying to shove the door like to close it and I was like yo just let me come get my stuff and I'll leave and she's like she's she's trying to hit me and I was just like what the fuck ever and um that was like actually the second time that like she lied on me um and said that I hit her when I didn't. And so, like, I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm calling the cops this time um, before you can call the cops on me. Because the first time she was, like, drunk or whatever and called the cops and said that I, like, hit her, but I didn't. <laughs> like, we were just fighting or whatever the fuck was happening. I don't even remember. And um, I was just like, fuck this. Like, before you call the cops and I get, like, in trouble, I'm going to call the cops so I can get my stuff for, like, an escort. So I called the cops. And I was like, I felt weird because, you know snitches get stitches or whatever but I was like okay look like my best friend is drunk she's in there with all my stuff I was supposed to move in with her family and um then she got you know she got drunk and we got into a fight and so now I'm not moving in with her family and they're like so your stuff is inside the house and I was like yeah and they're like okay give us a minute and she was like so retardedly drunk <laughs> excuse my like non-political correctness but like she was not like she was like in a state of like Ugh. and like the cops could see that so they were like okay <laughs> you know um and it was like the one time i can think back in my life that the cops were on my side <laughs> you know other than you know other than a couple couple other times but you know they were like oh yeah this is yeah um they were just like yeah um we're gonna collect her stuff for her like do you know what you left and at that point it was such a, like a debacle um because when the cops came she started actually like throwing some of my stuff out on the like on the lawn and she was just like yelling at me um and I think I wrote a poem about it I was like um it, it was something about a mirror on a doorstep because it was one of those times that I felt so reflective in that everything that she was yelling at me about she was like yelling at herself and it was it was one of those it was one of those times that I just felt like completely free from like accountability because like for the first time it wasn't like it, I wasn't in the wrong you know I wasn't like I wasn't accountable for this in any way <laughs> like I basically got trapped she was like yeah come to Utah I got you and then when I got there like she didn't got me like at all um at all um and so yeah it just kind of ended in that like in that fight oh I skipped the actual fight part but I've told this story so many times at this point that it's just like yeah like um <laughs> like the the part where she actually tried to fight me but I didn't want to hit her um and so I just ragdolled um I just like lost all my body weight and just like fell out of my body and then it made it like <laughs> it made it like pointless for her to keep swinging at me um <laughs> and she was just like what the fuck and I was I ragdolled because I wasn't trying to fight her um 
and also I just fasted for a long time so I just didn't you know I just didn't have it in me to be like violent or like rageful at all I was just like in a total state of like peace and bliss so I just like let all my weight down and then you know (laughs) um yeah as the story goes but um all this just to say that one of the last things she said to me was that you are the weakest link and it's only made sense now after going through this going through these hardships because that night I slept in my car I think that was like the first time I slept in my car I always had problems like car sleeping and when I first moved to California um, I had people tell me like oh that's just like that's a way of life out there you know you sleep in your car you you go to work you get a job or two and then you shower at the gym and that's just like the way that you do it because so many people can't actually afford to live Um, But I had always had a problem with car sleeping. And so I always went like the other way around it by, you know, renting uh, hotels, hostels, working in hostels. Um, You know, like it it took me, I think, until this moment to get like that was the first time I actually like slept in my car and uh, with like all my stuff in the back and just like pulled into a hotel parking lot and, and realizing that like, okay, with what I have, like, um, I'm not like I think I should be able to get back to at least where it's warm because Utah's not warm even in the summer at night it's cold um, so I was like I at least can you know get get back to where it's warm and, and sleeping in the car won't be so bad because it was just like I had like was down to nothing and um, it's taken me this long to reflect upon the things that I've learned in the way that somebody I think it was a kid who was studying um who's studying evolution and genetics said that we can only evolve as quickly as our weakest person, our weakest link, the weakest link. And I think that it clicked in my head and I thought about that moment about how the people who are living at the bottom of society, the people who are living in the homeless system, the people who are dying of hunger, the people who are living in the streets in Skid Row and tents in their cars is like the weakest link, you know, that's the weakest part of society and even though we have people we have like medical technology beyond you know belief and we have technology beyond our imaginations you know we have you know we we've developed a technology that may be able to (laughs) make people cough by remote by using their phone and that's a pretty far-fetched idea but not entirely when you think about the amount of technology that we actually have um, you know, whether it be spiritual or technological or targeted individual in that kind of sense. Like the only reason why I could even think that I would be a, a targeted individual is because I'm like, yo, if you stop eating fucking processed foods and processed sugar, which our country pretty much thrives on, um, like you might cure your ADD and depression pretty quickly and your anxiety pretty quickly. If you stop using social media, which we use as like a consumer, <laughs> you know, we use, um, you know, consumer capitalism, we use social media for that purpose, basically. Um, it's like a rolling ad. Um, if you stop using it, then you, you know, you have a less chance of actually developing, like, um, self-induced anxiety, self-induced depression, because the reality is, if you don't look like, um, you know, a lot of people do develop depression, because they don't look like Kayla Lauren, and they're not, you know, able to get to the level where they're fucking taking selfies with Skrillex. A lot of people develop depression and anxiety because they're looking at that shit 100% of the time and don't have any way to cope with, well, why am I not that? You know, why am I not this? And so I guess this show stands as like a good 
point of that, but it also stands as like a good point on the evolutionary aspect of the the people with the spaceships and the eighteen million corporations and the and the houses and landlords and like they're no actually evolutionarily better than the person who's who's living on Skid Row or in the back of their car dying of hunger, you know, on another continent or on this one. You know, you can't escape the fact that there are people dying of hunger in this country. Um, in the United States of America, which is absolutely unacceptable. Homelessness is unacceptable, but is like, you know, um, is legal because it's a capitalist society. This is the way that we've we've built our society. And while it works in a lot of ways for the American dream, like, yes, you can you can do this and this and that and become a, a millionaire in what some would say overnight. Um, you know, I don't believe in overnight successes for the entertainment industry. I believe that like either you were manufactured like Michael Jackson or Beyonce to be like a superstar, you know, you were trained at dancing, singing, acting or whatever. You came up under the eye of the media like you came up and you were trained that way or you worked very, very hard, not even on your own. You worked very hard with like a number of people who supported and believed in you and you and you didn't make it overnight in entertainment. Like, it doesn't happen. It's years of work. It's sometimes sleeping in your car. It is sometimes being homeless. It is sometimes doing all the things that I've done, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'll I'll get a Grammy in this lifetime. It doesn't necessarily mean that, and I don't mean to, like, reflect it in that way, but you can have overnight success in business, as in if, you know, if you make the right investments in the stock market or you, you know, learn how to flip houses or do any of that stuff that sometimes is the American dream, you can win the lottery. Like, that does happen, um, you know? So things like that, um, where where the American dream is, okay, well, you can, you can be rich or you can be famous or you can be all of these things. Um, while the American dream is, like, peace and freedom... We're not going to have any of those things until we solve the things that are happening at the very, very bottom. The point is the weakest link is our marker for development for evolution. So we can't actually ascend as a, as a species, as, as a society, until that person, until that person living in the street and dying of hunger is raised to the level of the person you know, with all the, the, the technology and all the money in the world. We have to actually close that inequality in order to evolve and to reach the next the next era. Um, otherwise, we're just going to end up killing ourselves, you know, as we have in the past. I don't think there's any... Um, I don't think there's any scientific institution that can deny that, that we've had this... Um, that we've had this kind of continual... Um, societal amnesia in a way that we've built built up our society in many times and then like it's crumbled because of the way that we treat each other because of the way that we see things um we've kind of never moved past this this continual age of like war and um disparity we've never really moved into that evolutionary aspect um maybe until now because i still see a lot of hope for the future. I see a lot of hope for like the next generation. I see I see the, the kids that are being born now as like gods in a sense that they will have, you know, as long as we prolong the utilities that we have, as long as we prolong the the resources that we have and learn how to to make this planet as regenerative as it is, as long as we renew and extend this planet's lifetime, then the next generation has all of the ability in the world to actually like 
surpass us in the way that like they can be the evolved like they we can breed perfect humans you know that are, that have more than just perfect bodies which is kind of what we're centrally um yeah it's just me what we're centrally like what we're focused on as a as a um you know as a society we're more just like oh look you know like we're not we're not evolved enough to, as a species to to differentiate especially being a very masculine society we're not necessarily evolved enough to differentiate between like what is a good person and what is a good body and a lot of the times the separation is is <laughs> you know because of capitalism because of the way that society is built somebody with a perfect body is not necessarily going to be a perfect person um you know a lot of the times it's not a lot a lot of times it's opposite um, you know, so a lot of the times we, there are, um, there are undiscovered or untapped, you know, fields of, of consciousness, there are untapped fields of, of genius, there are untapped, um, you know, realms or worlds of spiritual memory or residual memory of this past as a human species that we do have. Um, you know, that is considered prehistory or unwritten history, like we do have access to that information. But without first healing what ne what has kind of been broken in the way that we've separated ourselves from like, it's them and us, and this and that, and instead of kind of having this idea of like a, a global mindset and more than just a way of economics and more of just a way of, of, you know, um, a currency we have to open the globalist mindset i think to more than just like currency we have to look at it and in a social way which is kind of i guess the i i think this is like the post the post-pandemic era is kind of like the opening the the idea of like a global i don't know i think it would be too political to call it global socialism but to to call it globalism on a social level and we're kind of just now getting into that but until we actually look at like the bottom the bottom dredges of society and and say okay well how can we meet in the middle you know that's that's where we evolve is when we meet in the middle and so that the weakest link has been kind of like playing on my mind a little bit because i i'm i'm understanding it in more of like a cosmic sense and i do talk about my ex-best friend a lot only because i do believe that we're like spiritually connected um you know and if we have the privilege of actually like living in these bodies long enough or even out of body that she you know i can consider her one of my soulmates for sure um you know in the way that we're not necessarily meant to be together all the time or together for now um and that there's a lot of things that we you know there were a lot of things that were meant to happen in our friendship that that did and now we have our, our time of separation um you know um so that as I do think that we'll reconnect at some point in this life not necessarily I think we'd have to be older because right now I just don't trust that bitch I wouldn't want her around my husband <laughs> like I don't you know um I wouldn't I wouldn't want her around because she's super fuckable so I mean like we have to live separate lives um <laughs> um we have to live separate lives for now but yeah that coughing thing is outside of my door again um like I said, I don't know if it's like demonic or technological. It could be either of those things. And my decision is the very thing that keeps it 
um, around surrounding me. But, um, you know, I will reiterate that I had a very, very toxic person in my life, um, you know, say like, hey, I control, I control demons and I'm controlling you and, and kept locks of my hair, you know, on his keychain or was like asking for, for locks of my dead son's hair. And that, the more that I've learned about like shamanism and voodoo, like that's some really real, really dark magic. So I'm not, you know, in a place where I expect love right now. Um, fortunately and unfortunately at the same time, I've gotten to a place in my life where I don't need it. Like I do, like love is a human need, but at the same time I've learned to live without it. So I don't need it in the sense that I'm not gonna die without it in more of, in more than just like a spiritual way, you know? Like I'm not, I'm not gonna be constantly looking for it and I'm not gonna, f- I'm not gonna be able to not function because of my lack of it. It's just kind of like a, a, you know, an effect of whatever has happened. Um, so, so that, like I said, I don't really, I can't say I don't care because it's not, it's a very painful, it's a, it's a very painful world to live in. And in that same sense, like giving that person the power to say, oh, like I control demons and, and this and that. Again, I know enough about demonology to understand that, like, those same demons that you sent to kill me are going to kill you. Um, like, that's just what it is. Um, also, like, nothing goes unseen in, in the eyes of what I believe is God, you know? Nothing goes unseen in the eyes of the source, no matter what religion you are. So you can't beat your wife in front of your two kids, you know? Um, and, and just expect, like, that to go away it doesn't go away, um, because I'm still living with it, you know, um, so in, in the same effect, like, it's going to affect everybody, um, everybody involved in that aspect, and it's going to have a karmic effect, so I can't do much more than to, to pray and be with God as much as possible, um, but I'm also in a place, you know, where people are very lost and broken, and that's, you know, to be, um, expected, um, so there's, you know, um, you know, there's darkness in all parts of the world. I won't say in all realms, but I'm in this realm for a reason for now. And eventually I, I, you know, I won't be, I won't have to be around coughing people when I move into my apartment because I can be in my apartment. I can be in a creative space. I can be in a high vibration. I can meditate, you know, um, I can, I can be every bit of myself, but, um, I guess that, is I guess that's the point of realizing that there is there are several realms there are you know infinite realms of multidimensionality and this realm where this weird coughing thing is happening is pushing me to some place or another um and I've just had to become a stronger person to make sure that it's not like pushing me in front of a train or making me want to take my life away from like eventually you know um my my son, like, who I don't talk about as much, who, this, this very dark force is like, oh, just give up, you know, like, you're not his mother, that's not true, um, I'm very much his mother, and I will always be, and so I want to make sure that when he is, when he needs me the most, when he actually reaches out to me, when he wants to be around me, that I'm there, you know, that I will not have taken myself, um, from the world which he exists and so that's everything is temporary I can't stress enough how much I love him um you know probably more than music because I don't think there would necessarily even be music without him 
as much as I've always had a love for music, I think that that, you know, is maybe even the way that he reached through the cosmos to find me. And um, the way that I'm going to reach back through the cosmos to find him one day. So um, that's the end of this one. I do have like the the lost soul tapes, broken soul, the broken soul tales and the lost soul tapes. That's all, um, you know, that's all in this realm and this experience. I have, um, ham, well, <laughs> um, I'm thinking a lot about John Hamish. I actually found that, um, <laughs> sifting around in some old documents. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, the up upcoming more things that are not so serious and not so dark. I do notice that at least on Instagram, I have lost followers in the past, um, you know, just sharing things like this, doing PSAs on domestic violence and homelessness. But at this point, like, it's, there's almost no point. It's, like, senseless to be famous if you're not Skrillex. And, you know, sometimes I'm Skrillex and sometimes I'm not. So um, with that being said, I think I'm just going to sign off and, and be not Skrillex right now. Um, <laughs> Cause that's, that's a job, but, um, you know, we all have jobs and this, from what I'm, what I'm starting to understand about this podcast is part of mine. This podcast would not exist if, if it didn't, if I didn't have to sit down and have these very, very, um, what could be considered powerful talks, you know, whether it's in my time or not. Um, so yeah, that's me signing off. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna be silent while I can, cause Keisha's still gone, and uh, hopefully she's all right. Cause I actually care. Um, <laughs> I care to the extent that I'd rather have her be cussing me out um, and calling me names than for any harm to come to her, cause she's been through a lot as well. So I think that God puts us in in wherever the universe puts us wherever we're supposed to be. Um, to meet the people that we're supposed to meet and um, do what we're supposed to do with these people and then move on. So uh, moving forward and moving on, everybody take care. Happy holidays. Um, you know, uh, I'll just I'll just let the music talk for a while um, and be withdrawn. But, you know, um, I'm still here and, and keeping it pushing.